0: All right, let's get it going, guys. Welcome back to Philosophy of Fitness, the Philosophy of Fitness podcast. My name's Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you're tuning in. Episode number three today, we're going to be talking about strange sleep phenomenon, something that's so fascinating to me. Um, Sleep is so weird, like when we stop to think about it. I think it's really weird at least. Um, But anyways, it's almost May, guys. It's April. A- end of April, right now. I'm in this huge sweatshirt. Um, it's been really cold lately. It's been really like windy and cloudy, kind of um, uninspiring. It's made it hard to get outside, get the fresh air that we want, that we need, the sunshine. Been trying to take advantage of those few nice days that we have, doing the most I can. But um, yeah, strange sleep phenomenon. That is today's topic. So. Sleep is something that's like always fascinated me. Um, it's so bizarre. Like I feel like there's so much about it that we don't really know. Um, it's just such a uh, a bizarre thing when you stop to think about it. Like what happens when you go to sleep at night? What happens in your mind? We're also going to talk a little bit about the effects of sleep on our um, physical performance. So like athletic performance when it comes to our workouts. Um, we're going to talk about that. So super interesting. I'm going to grab a sip of water quick before we get started. Okay, so we are going to go ahead and dive in here. So I figured a good place to start for this would be going over the different stages of sleep that we have. So the first stage of sleep is when you're tucked into bed, you get kind of drowsy, you start to drift off, then you're going to enter something called NREM1. So this is technically the first stage of sleep that we have. It's called non-rapid eye movement. So that's like the first stage that happens when you're first getting tired, first um, falling asleep. The stage after that comes NREM2, and that's light sleep. And this is when you can kind of be easily woken up, easily jolted from your sleep. So it's not like a super deep sleep, which is NREM number three, which is the next stage. And again, that's deeper sleep. So deep sleep is actually the most restorative part of the cycle. And during deep sleep, your muscles relax and repair themselves, your blood pressure and your heart rate drop and your energy energy excuse me is restored. So deep sleep is super important. Um, for just restoration and overall health. And then the last one that we have is REM sleep. REM sleep also stands for rapid eye movement. And this is when your brain becomes more active and when your dreams occur. So this stage of sleep has an impact on your memory and mood. So all of these stages of sleep are super important. And we kind of cycle through all of these stages throughout each night. So we do a nice little cyclical, cyclical pattern through it all. So that's what we got in terms of the patterns of sleep, right? So now we move on to what they would say a typical recommendation of the amount of sleep per night is. Um, Typically, they recommend that you get seven to nine hours of sleep a night on average. Obviously, age has a factor in that. Um... I know for me, I probably get around six and a half hours of sleep average per night. Um, It really fluctuates, especially right now with uh, the crazy situation that we're all in. It's definitely a little bit different. Sometimes it's a lot more than that. Sometimes it's a lot less. Um, But yeah, I would say roughly, probably I get about six and a half hours of sleep. So that's kind of an overview of what the stages of sleep are, right? So what you kind of have going on while you're sleeping. And again, remember that while you're sleeping, that's all of um, your restoration, right? It's like the rest time, the recuperation time, the time for your cells to, um, you know, repair and whatnot. So that's kind of our little first overview. Now I want to get into something really interesting. And this is the strange sleep phenomenon aspect of it. So This is the weird things that can kind of go awry in terms of certain stages of that sleep cycle and just in terms of um, what our body does when we're sleeping. And it's so cool to me and it's so strange. And I've experienced some of these, so I kind of want to like share my story about them too. So the first one that's so fascinating to me is sleep paralysis. And guys, I have had sleep paralysis so many times in my life. And I want to know if you guys have also um, encountered this because it's super interesting. So I'll kind of explain what it is and then I'll share my experience. So essentially, if you've never had sleep paralysis, it's when your mind is awake, but you're not able to move your body at all. So this occurs during the REM stage of sleep. Remember rapid eye movement. That's um, when you're dreaming, when your dreams occur. So this kind of occurs when for some reason your REM stage sleep gets disrupted, um, And basically, sometimes what can happen to people is, like I said, your body is paralyzed to prevent you from acting out whatever you're dreaming about, right? Because you don't want to be sleepwalking. Um, So sometimes what can happen to some people is you will wake up and your mind will still be going as if the dream is still going. Um, And I'll just share my experience uh, with sleep paralysis. So I have had... I am not exaggerating. I think I've had sleep paralysis probably hundreds of times in my life, and it's only happened when I take naps. And I can totally attest to this. It absolutely feels like what it would feel like to be paralyzed to the point where you can't even blink your eyes, you can't even breathe any deeper, you can't um you can't even like wiggle a finger or wiggle a toe, and you also can't cry out for help. So it honestly kind of feels like you're dying. It's really scary. Um, And I've had it so many times now that I kind of know that I have to like really, really think about wiggling my right toe and like my big toe and then like shaking my right foot and that'll eventually like shake me out of it. But guys, it's really scary. It honestly feels like I know some of you might be thinking, oh, what if you were to just like let it happen and like go back to sleep? I swear to you, it really feels like you're dying. Like it feels like if you don't shake yourself out of it, like you are dunzo beans like that is it. Um, it's super scary. I've had it so many times. And luckily I haven't really had um where your dreams are like acted out before you, but I've kind of um on like a paranormal supernatural side of it, I've kind of like felt like somebody's like coming to get me in my room. So I'll be asleep in my bed. I'll have like an episode of sleep paralysis. It feels like it lasts for like hours, by the way, when it's actually only a time span of about uh seconds or minutes in reality. It feels like hours and I've had before where it feels like there's like something approaching me or somebody or something is approaching me and they're going to get me if I don't shake myself out of it. So yeah, it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but it's really uh, quite scary. And um, there's a lot of like mythology around sleep paralysis as well. So there's lots of ancient, you know, books and people that have spoken about how sleep paralysis is like um, a sleep demon or some sort of mythological creature that's trying to snatch your soul in the night. Uh, There's lots of like paintings and stuff that kind of depict this. I'll see if I can find some if you're watching. And um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. This is something that's happened to people for centuries, years and years and years. And it's so bizarre, and I don't think anybody really quite understands it um, fully, but the scientific explanation of sleep paralysis is that your REM sleep is is disrupted, and your body is paralyzed because you are preventing yourself from acting out whatever's going on in your dreams. So it's kind of like uh, if sleepwalking was peeled back a step in a weird way. Really, really bizarre, really frightening. I really, truly would not wish this experience upon anyone. It sucks. And uh, yeah, I only get it when I nap. So fingers crossed I don't get it when I'm like actually asleep at night because that would be really terrifying. Um, On a lighter note, let's move on to the next one, lucid dreaming. This is so cool and it is so fun if you've ever had it. Hell yeah, let's go. All right, so yeah, this is definitely the coolest of them all. So this is when you basically have total control over your dreams. You have this mental awareness that you're in a dream And then it's like, all of a sudden, it's kind of just like, boom, we got it. I'm in a dream. I can do whatever I want. And I've had lucid dreams before, too. And it honestly feels like the world is your oyster. It feels like you're in control of, like, your own little game. Because once you reach a place of, like, mental awareness that you are in the dream, it's like, okay, I can do whatever I want. Like, I've had a couple lucid dreams before where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go fly around. And I, like, fly around in my house and I'm, you know, drifting around, whatever. You can literally do anything you want. Uh you can go anywhere you want, see anyone you want. It's so cool. And it's a dream. So it's kind of um it's really really cool. Uh it's definitely something that I would hope you can all experience. And I've heard from some people before and I've tried this also that if you're looking to induce a lucid dream, it's really really hard to do. Um I've mainly only had it happen to me like by accident quote unquote, like I haven't tried to specifically induce a lucid dream experience. There's been several times where I've thought about this tip that I'm about to share with you and I'm like, holy beep, it works. Oh, my God. Um, And that is that if you're in a dream, if you can kind of like picture yourself in that dream state and you're looking for something with like writing on it. So maybe you'll be in your kitchen, you want to look for a cereal box or you'll be driving on the road and you look at a sign, you'll notice that um, letters and numbers like aren't what they're supposed to be. And this is so cool because I've had this happen You look at like a cereal box. I vividly remember I had one lucid dream where I picked up a Cheerios box and I was looking at the back of it and I'm like, this is it. Literally looked like somebody just like smashed down on a keyboard, like random stuff. Like it was gibberish, complete utter nonsense. And it was like, once I realized that, once my brain was like, wow, that's not what that's supposed to be, it was like, boom, whoosh. Like I entered the dream. It was like the player has entered the game. And you could do anything you want. There's no limits. There's no rules. It's insane. It's so cool. And it's not scary like sleep paralysis. You know, you don't come out of it like sleepwalking or paralyzed or anything like that. It's just a really cool dream experience where you can just like let go and do whatever you want. So cool. Okay. Now back to a little bit of scariness here. So next on deck, we have night terrors. And this is episodes of screaming, intense fear and flailing while you're still asleep. And it's often paired with sleepwalking. Um, so we haven't gotten into sleepwalking yet, but I guess we'll kind of just jump to there. So sleepwalking is exactly what it's what it says it is. Um, you're you're acting out your dreams. So the sleep paralysis, that part of it is preventing you from acting out your dreams. Whereas the sleepwalking, you're just going for it and I have not personally experienced sleepwalking, but my grandpa, um, who is no longer with us had crazy episodes of sleepwalking. I remember my grandma telling me that he literally used to, there was one time he like drove his car to the train station. Um, he's made himself breakfast, like in the middle of the night and he's just been totally, he had no recollection of it, totally unaware that he was doing it. And, um, Yeah, he had no idea that he had done it in the morning, but it's also interesting because you have to be really careful waking up somebody from sleepwalking because I've heard that it can get really dangerous. I think there was someone, somebody murdered someone while they were sleepwalking because uh, your brain just doesn't understand. I don't really know what the science is behind it, to be honest, but for some reason, people like when they're sleepwalking and they're suddenly like shaken awake, I guess it might just be like a fight or flight response. And um, that's like so scary. Um, It's really, really weird. So yeah, that's what sleepwalking is. And then there's also night terrors, like I said. So that's like the episodes of crazy intense fear flailing while you're asleep. And that's often paired with sleepwalking. So they can kind of go hand in hand. Um, Night terrors are really common in young children. So um, young kids have night terrors a lot of the time. Again, I've never had a night terror, so can't really speak to it. But um, I know people that have had night terrors And I know of like family friends who said that like their daughter used to have night terrors and they would just wake up in the middle of the night and she would just be like standing there at the foot of the bed staring at them. Um, So like really creepy. Uh, Yeah, and then that one, your fight or flight system is also activated. So that's another like really intense, scary experience that you have while you're sleeping, strange things that can happen. But I kind of feel like my, um, my opinion on sleep is that or dreams rather, more specifically, is that it's kind of like a way of your subconscious mind, like purging whatever you've been thinking about consciously or subconsciously the day before. So a game that I kind of like to play with myself is thinking when I have a dream in the morning, I try to remember it right away. I've always been very good at remembering my dreams um, super vividly in color and everything. I know some people say their dreams are like black and white, Um which I don't understand. Let me know if you guys remember your dreams um, and if you remember them like in color or black and white, that would be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? What the heck was I saying? <laughs> oh yeah, remembering my dreams. Um, yeah, so a fun game I like to play is thinking back to what I was thinking about the day before that like triggered that dream to happen. So like maybe I'll watch a movie um, with like a scene about a carnival in it right? And then I go about my day. I'm not really thinking about it. I just watched the movie. And then that night I have a dream that I'm like walking through a carnival and, you know, doing whatever it is that I'm doing. The next day I'll be like, hmm, why was I dreaming about a carnival? And then you think back to it. You're like, oh, that makes sense. Um, Totally makes sense. I watched a movie with it. And those are like seeds that are being planted into your subconscious mind, whether you uh, realize it or not. And I feel like, there's, there's always, um, there's always something to take away from your dreams. So if you play that game with yourself, try to do that tonight. Whenever you listen to this, the next day, first thing, when you wake up, think about what your dream was and see if you could like trace it back to like things that you were talking about the day before, something that you saw, something you were listening to. I always think that's so interesting to kind of see the connection. So definitely try and do that and let me know what your experience is. I love playing that game. And some days it's easier to remember uh, your dreams than others, right? So it's kind of uh, luck of the draw. So yeah, those are like strange sleep phenomena, weird, funky things that can happen to us while we're asleep. I also wanna know if any of these happen to you guys and, and what your experience is, um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about sleep deprivation. When we get a lack of sleep, we don't catch enough shut-eye, we don't catch enough Zs we don't rest our eyes enough, we don't get our beauty sleep, what happens to us? Bad sleep, it's no bueno. Sleep deprivation over an extended period of time is linked to a lot of bad things that we don't want. So irritability, depression, mental fogginess, skin aging, so puffy eyes, fine lines, dark circles, etc. Weakened immune system, high blood pressure, diabetes, Heart failure and stroke. So this is stuff that uh, can happen to you if you really make a habit and over time consistently are depriving yourself of adequate sleep. Again, remember back to our recommendations. They say you should get seven to nine hours of sleep a night, something around there. So again, if you're only sleeping like four or five hours a night for like you know a really long time period, you're going to be seeing these these consequences. Something's going to come catch up to you at some point, right? So. That's um, how bad sleep can affect your uh, physicality in your body, right? Uh, all those negative things, weakened immunity, depression, mental fogginess, that's all linked to, um, honestly, it's going to manifest in poor performance in terms of your workouts, Your um, if you're competing in anything, it's really um, going to set you back quite a bit. And there's some things that you can do before bed that are going to set you up for a bad night's sleep. So let's talk about those, and then we will talk about all the good things that come with getting lots of sleep and all of the good ways that you can set yourself up for a nice night of sleep. So things that are really bad and detrimental for you before you go to bed are drinking alcohol. You want to try to avoid drinking alcohol about three hours before you go to bed. Looking at your phone, this one's really, really hard. It's so hard for me I love looking at my phone before I go to bed and um, there's a lot of studies that suggest that the blue light from your phone um, really negatively interacts with your brain and it kind of puts your brain in the subconscious uh, mindset of this is the time to be awake. This is the time to be doing things. Um, But if you do like have to look at your phone, I think they have like a night shift option on most phones now. So that'll uh, adjust the tint of the screen so that it's not quite as blue. They also make like uh, special glasses for that too. So you can kind of look into that. So yeah, looking at your phone is also really bad. Think about your stress levels. Are you going to bed stressed out? I know a lot of people always say, myself included, you never want to go to bed angry. That's something that I totally live by because however you feel the night before, like vibrationally, I did a video on this a couple couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, but however you're feeling vibrationally before you go to bed, is going to translate over into the next day. So if you're feeling like super, super stressed out about something, that's going to carry over into the next day. And um, yeah, I mean, think about it, right? When you go to bed, you're pissed off. You're probably going to wake up still a little pissed off. Or if you're like super stressed out, you're probably still going to feel that residually the next morning. So all of those things are um, things that can kind of like sneak up on you and contribute to. Uh Poor sleep, and that will ultimately manifest in poor physical performance at the gym you 're not going to be able to lift as heavier your endurance will be decreased um all of that stuff is just gonna be kaput two thumbs down from lack of sleep it 's crazy, but you know what we 're humans we need it so. Now we're gonna talk about how good sleep can positively impact your physicality, your athletic performance, what you're bringing to the table mentally and physically. So you get a good night's sleep, right? You get those seven to nine hours consistently you're taking care of yourself. You're gonna have a lower resting heart rate. You're gonna be more relaxed, improved mental focus and clarity. And remember that sleep is when your body recovers also from your workout from the day before. So sleep is our time as human beings, as a species, that is our time for recovery and restoration for all of those essential functions that are going on to happen in order for us to be working at our best ability. If you almost think of it, um, of your body as like a machine, right? And You can almost think of your body as like a computer. So when you're asleep at night, that's like when your computer is doing its software update. All that stuff that's happening behind the scenes, you're not seeing it all, you're not really experiencing any of it all, but it has to happen in order for it to run as smoothly as it possibly could. So again, it's the same thing for your body, your brain, your organs, your mind, your heart, your muscles, everything. Sleep is the software update of your body. Um... And again, that is when your body will recover from your workout for the day before. So I found some stuff here from the National Sleep Foundation. And um, according to them, along with dietary protein to aid in muscle repair and new muscle growth, your body produces its own muscle building hormones while you sleep, including human growth hormone HGH. During the N3 stage of NREM, that's the non-rapid eye movement stage, that's the third one, Uh, Blood flow to your muscles increases and tissue and growth repair occurs. So during REM sleep, the muscles will relax, which can help tension and reduce symptoms of certain types of chronic pain. And in fact, many of the critical restorative functions in the body, like tissue repair and muscle growth, occur mostly or only during sleep. So again, guys, it is so essential to get that sleep in. A consistent sleep schedule of seven to nine hours a night, boom, possibly if you're a more competitive athlete, will help the muscle building process. So, again, this is science literally telling us, again, the same thing that um, I was saying before. That seven to nine hours, again, that is like your your time to repair, to restore. You think about it. When you're, you're putting your body through a workout, right, you're putting your muscles under tension, you're pushing the limit, you're bringing your heart rate up into those max heart rate zones, and then you're coming back down, you need time to effectively recover from it. And sleeping is so essential to that recovery time. It is so, so, so important. So... So many benefits from getting a good night's sleep. And I think another huge benefit of a good night's sleep is its connection to your mindset too. So um, like I said, when you don't get enough sleep, you can get irritable, you can become depressed, you're easily stressed out, your cortisol levels are raised. When you have a good night's sleep, you're more in that uh, relaxed state of mind. And that's gonna translate also towards a better success rate in terms of your workouts and what you're bringing to the table physically. You're more relaxed You got a more positive outlook. You're more ready to go. You're more ready to crush it, right? So here's some tips on how you can improve your sleep and some things that work and some things to do before bed that will set you up for that good night's sleep for that good seven to nine hours. So again, like I said, you want to avoid that blue light any way that you can. I am so guilty of doing this, man. Every night I would be lying if I said, I don't look at my phone before I go to bed. Instagram Explore feed, man, I can just scroll through there for hours and hours. But um, yeah, just pop the night shift uh, thing on. It's on your phone. Super easy to do. Um, And that'll help kind of decrease the amount of blue light. Try to turn the TV off. Try not to sleep with the TV on either. Again, that blue light glaring from the TV at you, that noise coming through. It's okay to have like noise in the room. I actually love sleeping with a fan on just to have like some ambiance around me. I find sleeping in silence like Uh, irritable. (laughs) I just like can't stand like just like dead quiet air. So I always like to have the fan on. So there's like something around me. So yeah, think about that. Uh, Just really trying to cut back on that blue light more so than anything. Because again, that's what's going to trigger your brain to be like, it's time for me to stay awake. Avoid alcohol three hours before bed. Uh, Really try to do that. You know, alcohol kind of messes with your system. um, And it's not really going to set you into a good Uh, wavelength for a good night's sleep. And I think it also messes with, I want to say it's your REM stage sleep. I'm not quite sure. Don't quote me on it, but it definitely messes with um, the, the sleep cycle and assess the stressors that you've got going on around you. I know everybody has things that stress us out and things that kind of weigh heavy on our hearts and whatnot, uh, but again, like I said, how you go to bed is going to energetically and vibrationally set you up for the next day. And it's so true. I've seen, I've seen it both ways for me when I'm really feeling stressed out and like angry and whatnot, I wake up, I'm probably still feeling that way. But when I'm feeling really good before I go to bed, really relaxed, I usually wake up feeling pretty similar to how I went to bed. So again, really try to, um, if you are feeling stressed out, which is what I'm going to get into now. Ways to overcome that a little bit before you go to bed. One thing that I love to do if I am feeling that way is meditate just a little bit. And meditating is so easy, it's not rocket science. Um, just at like a beginner level, it's basically just becoming more aware of the here and the now and your your physicality, your breathing um, in order to make you more relaxed. So if you're feeling really stressed out, take like five minutes. It doesn't even have to be a a huge amount of time, five minutes to take some deep breaths. Um, become aware with what you have right here, right now. Another thing i like to think about too, is when I'm feeling stressed out like that is, you know, we only ever, all we ever have, and Alan Watts actually talks a lot about this. If you're ever interested, um, totally recommend his book, Become What You Are all we ever really have is right now, right? Like what is literally in front of us? What is physically occurring right here in this present moment? And if you remember that, it takes away like so much worry about maybe your like regrets from the past or you're feeling guilty or shameful about something you've done in the past. Or um, if you're feeling like anxious about something in the future, it's like if you just eliminate those two parts of the equation, it's like, yeah, you know what? That, that just exists in my mind. Like what is in front of me right now? What am I experiencing like viscerally right now? The here and the now, that's your breathing. That's when you become in tune with breathing in and then breathing out. You bring your resting heart rate down and you relax. And that's a really good way to, um, try to, try to mitigate the stress that you feel before you go to bed and to try to get you into a little bit more of a relaxed state. Um, something else i'd recommend is uh sleep stories. So there's meditations you can do, guided meditations, you could just do one on your own or you can do sleep stories. I talk about the app Calm a lot. Um #notspons. I wish i was. Um but yeah, they have so many sleep stories for adults on there. So those are kind of really nice way to calm down, wind down your listening to the story, right? So it kind of takes your mind off whatever else you might be thinking about and and they just like drift you off to sleep. Um, I also did a mindful evening routine video that I will link below that you can check out. So those are some tips that I have for mindful evening routine, but drinking some tea before bed is something that helps me non-caffeinated. Oh yeah. Avoiding caffeine. That's a big one. Um, all you, uh, coffee junkies out there, try to avoid drinking coffee, um, super close to your bedtime because again, caffeine is going to put your body in that awake mode And, um, yeah, those are some ways to improve your sleep. So again, sleep is something that I feel like is so overlooked. Um, when it comes to your gains, when it comes to fitness, all that stuff, everybody's like, go, go, go. You got to get those gains. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to get your mind right. Okay. But let's also remember that the, the restoration part is like a huge part of the equation, such a huge part of the equation. If that's not there, then all of the going, going, going that you're doing is not going to be getting you where you want to be. Um, so yeah, take some time, guys. Uh, try to try to relax before you go to bed. Remember how important sleeping is. And maybe try out some of those tips for you know improving your sleep. Um, another thing that I would recommend is finding a way to track your sleep. So if you have an app um, like Fitbit, I, uh, I wear my Fitbit to bed every single night, um, and provides you so much insight onto how long you spend in each of those stages. So remember an REM one, REM two, REM three, all those different stages. It'll tell you how long you've been in light sleep versus deep sleep versus restoration. It'll tell you how your sleeping, resting heart rate has gone down. Um, there's lots of other apps that can do that for you or devices rather. So your Apple Watch and there's some other devices out there I'm pretty sure they can help you track your sleep just to offer some more insight into to you and what what your what your sleep is looking like you know another tip i would have is Try to get into a more regular routine of when you go to bed versus when you wake up. Because we have something as humans called our circadian rhythm, which is essentially um, a a rhythm or a pattern that our body gets used to of going to sleep at a certain time and waking up at a certain time. So if you're used to, um, especially for people out there who might have um, lost their job during this whole thing. Um, if you were used to working up or waking up at a certain time every day, like let's say every day you were used to waking up at seven and you went to bed at like 1030 every night, try to keep that going. It's going to make it easier for you to get that consistent amount of sleep that you need every night. Because think about it. When you, let's say you wake up at 7am, you go to bed at 1030 one day, and then the next day you stay up until three in the morning and then you wake up at 11, like your whole body's, um balance and 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 rhythm. Yeah, and rhythm is just like, whoa, what's going on? What are we doing? When you have all those inconsistencies and all those fluctuations in like when you're going to sleep, when you're waking up, your body's not going to know what's coming. It's not going to know what's going on. So, try to keep it consistent. Again, I know it's easier said than done. I've definitely been um really like not staying consistent with my sleep schedule, but we're all human. We do the best we can. Um but yeah, I surely hope you guys got something out of this. This was a fun one for me to talk about. I think sleep is so fascinating and I think uh, it's so mystifying because there's just so much about it that we don't really understand and so much to delve into. I feel like there's even more that we could delve into in terms of like our subconscious mind and and all of that. Um, but yeah, let me know what you guys think. Let me know if you've experienced any of those crazy things like sleep paralysis or night terrors, lucid dreaming. Let me know if you have things that you think help you fall asleep. I'd love to hear your guys' feedback, see what you think about it all. And I certainly hope everybody is staying healthy, happy, and safe during these crazy, uncharted times. And with that, I'm going to sign off. I'm sending so much love and light your way. And I will see you next time. Adios.